Welcome to This Joyful Life. My name is Maya Starin, joy expert and spiritual advisor. On This Joyful Life podcast, you will hear stories of people living in their joy, reclaiming their joy, while doing meaningful work in their communities. In this episode, we will connect with the incredible Detroit vocalist and community educator, Divinity. The founder of The Little Bit Project, Divinity shares her insights on how to be of service and when to use the word no. Hi, how you doing? Um, I am the founder of The Little Bit Project, as you mentioned. Uh, We've been in existence now for about two years or so. Um, Basically, what we do is promote love and acts of random kindness and um, positive energy. And we just work to help people make their lives as rich as possible to improve their lives and and motivate them to do bigger and better things. We do that through a lot of different programs. I also um, am a teacher. I teach first grade. Um, I'm actually sitting in the parking lot of my job right now. I've been teaching for 20 years. And um, I'm a vocalist, too, I sing. So I got a lot going on. I love that. I love all the juicy stuff you do. Um, (laughs) How would you say overall that, like, being so active and, you know, having this this hugely generous role has enriched your life? All three of those things enrich my life, I guess, in different ways. Uh, The Little Bit Project enriches my life because it allows me to give back to people I may not know. Uh, to strangers. Um, and I really like that. Um, and I like receiving the the feedback and the positive energy that I get from them. When you do something unexpectedly um, kind for someone, you always get, most of the time, you get something really positive back. Um, so that's a good feeling. And just knowing you made somebody's day is great. Um, with teaching, uh, you know, you, you know that you're helping to shape somebody's life. Like, from the beginning, I do, I do first grade. So that's like helping to shape their whole educational process. Um, and that's a very, um, it can be intimidating, but it's very rewarding too because you see a lot of growth with the students. Um, and as far as the singing is concerned, it's almost the same as the Little Bit Project. I touch lives of people who I've never even met. Um, I actually got a chance to talk to some people over the weekend who have been listening to my music for a long time and telling me about how it's affected them and, and how they are encouraged by it. And, you know, that that's all, that, that can't help but enrich your life. And you just recently celebrated a graduation. I did. I just graduated with my master's degree in elementary education. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Yay. That was a journey. <laughs> I was teasing that after 20 years of teaching that you could have probably taught the master's program, but... <laughs> yeah you're probably right but you know I started and then I stopped and uh, there was a big span of time in there where I didn't go back and um, I just decided to go ahead and finish so I did so if you think of a a time in your life that was really challenging maybe it was in that pause of time when you took it off maybe it was something else but if you could think of a time in your life that was hard for you and yourself now what would you say, like, to encourage your younger self? What would be the wisdom that you would provide for her? I would work really hard, harder on my self-esteem and my, my, my 
understanding and valuing myself, um, what, what I like and honoring those things, not just being aware of them because a lot of people are aware. Yeah, I like this. I don't like that, but they don't necessarily honor that awareness. So knowing how this makes me feel uncomfortable or that makes me feel uncomfortable and not staying in that position for the benefit of someone else, but honoring my feelings and knowing that if this doesn't make me comfortable, I love myself enough to remove myself from that situation. Um, so if I could give some advice to my younger self, it would be to know you, know who you are, not who people think you are, not who people want you to be, not who you want to be even, but who you are in this moment and um, appreciate all of that. Not the titles, not, you know, sister, friend, but who you really are at your core, the spiritual you. Because um, it took me, and I'm still, that's a journey for me. I'm still working on those things. So I really wish I had, I had um, a little more experience with those things in my earlier years. But it's okay. It's all right. I know now and I'm getting there. Somebody, somebody told me today, um, she said, I have to be, I had to be her then so I could be here now. Exactly. Exactly. Cause I, I don't think I wouldn't, I don't think a lot of the things I hear come out of my mouth. Sometimes I say things and go, wow, did I just say that was pretty, that was pretty good. That was pretty deep or, you know, thought provoking. I don't think I would be able to do that without some of the experiences. I know I wouldn't be able to do that without the experiences I've gone through. So it's a, it's a, um, almost like a catch 22. Yeah. You wish you could do some things differently, but if you had done some things differently, you wouldn't be able to sit here now and say, wow, I wish I had done some things differently. You know? So yeah, it's almost like being caught in the matrix or something. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but, but really there's, there's no way you can fail if you really know who you are and honor who you are. Could you give an example of, um, of that practice you said of honoring yourself and like really being there? Um, okay, Maya. Uh, I have a hard time saying no. I'd say no, comma. No, but da-da-da-da-da. Or no, but maybe. Or no, well, you know. Yeah. I had a friend who used to tell me all the time, no is a sentence all by itself. No, period. That's I don't friend. Yes. I don't, and it took me a long time before I could put that into practice and I still have a hard time with it. Um, I'm a nurturer by just birth. (laughs) And so I want to take care of people and help as much as I can. And sometimes people deserve that and sometimes they need it and sometimes they don't deserve it. And sometimes they don't really need it. They're just used to it. And so I have to, to learn to, again, honor myself and say, no, sometimes for my own good, sometimes for their own good. And I still have a hard time with that. I give no with explanation instead of just flat out no. And not a, not a mean or a harsh no, a loving no, but still a no. It's such an important practice and it does, it does take time. And for a lot of us, like, you know, we weren't raised being able to say no, like maybe our family dynamics, like didn't really give us that voice or something. Right. right. I hear you. It, yeah. It's an honorable practice. To, yeah. I'm, I'm getting there. Is there something that like helped you like inspire you like, or that like really became like a, 
like a resource for you to learn how to say no or to learn to honor yourself? No, I think I just am um, going more with my gut. Um, or when I, when I really have a chance to think about it. For example, if someone asks me to do something and I sit and I think about it and I still don't want to do it, the old me would still go ahead and do it anyway. If for no other reason, but because I've already given my word. Now, okay, I know I said I would, but I've really had a chance to think about it and I don't know if, I don't think that's a good choice for me. So can we find another way to work this out? Or, you know, can you find another way to work it out? But speaking up for myself, that goes hand in hand with saying no. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And oftentimes, like the body will tell us if it's a no. Yeah. Body's saying no. Like, so even if your mouth is like, okay, or no, but maybe body's like, why are you, why, why are you agreeing to that? Like we yeah. don't want yes. to. <laughs> I'm screaming at you. Your brain is like having a fit, but your mouth is still saying, sure. Yeah, I'm definitely committed to that practice as well of listening to body to be like, okay, when body says yes, I say yes. When body says no, I say no. Right. um, Not caving so much to the habit of, sorry, oh. (laughs) Right, yes. You're right, it is a habit. Um, And we can break habits, so it's, it's time to do that. Will you tell us a little bit more about the Little Bit Project? Sure. Um, I started the Little Bit Project uh, just to just spread a little positive energy around randomly. Um, And initially when I began the project, I had just the idea of these cards to just lay them in different places, just leave them, you know, in a restaurant, on the table, um, in the bathroom, on the counters, people's windshield, just places. And my hope was that people would find them and, you know, if they posted on social media about it, great. But if not, that they would find it and that would spark a positive reaction inside of them. Um, And that's how I started. And uh, I still work with the cars. That's my mainstay. But I've also branched out, like I said, to do some different programs. So the program that I'm involved with right now is called the Bridge Program. And we are working with women who are in a residential treatment facility to give them workshops and information, skills to put in their toolbox for when they exit the program and are back um, outside of recovery, living a a sober life, to access those tools that we've given them to help them remain on the right side of things. So um, we've we've talked about parenting skills and family issues because a lot of them have, you know, broken off from their families and estranged from their children because of their their abuse, uh, substance abuse. Um, we've talked about money management and credit repair. We've talked about health and wellness. We've talked about spirit. Spirituality is a thread that kind of runs through everything. Um, I created a journal for them to use and they write in it um, daily. The program lasts about 30 days and it's a 30 day journal. So um, I'm, I'm on my second round of ladies with that and it's been very successful so far. So I'm so excited to talk with you more about this. Um, what are some of the takeaways that you've had from working with these ladies? Everybody wants to feel heard. And everybody wants to feel like somebody cares about them. Um, well, no strings attached. Um, I'm not, I care about you because you can do this for me or get that for me or, you know, just I care about you because you're a, a, a being, you're a spirit, you're a life. 
um, you have value. Uh, and that, that is one of the things I've really picked up on. Um, that, that is true for every single person I've encountered in this program. Everybody needs a helping hand too. So some of the, the ladies have, you know, when they start, they're kind of, I won't say tough, but maybe a little guarded because they're not sure my angle. Am I really just here to help them out? And as they get to know me and, and the ladies that I bring in to speak or to present, they realize I don't, I don't get anything. I'm not getting paid for it. I'm giving up my time. It's, a, it's strictly a volunteer thing. And so are the ladies who come in and do presentations for me. Um, and once they start to see that I'm just giving, literally just to help them survive, that guy comes down a little bit. And again, it goes back to them knowing that somebody does care about them. And that, I mean, you know, that's what we all want. We all want to feel loved. And uh, it's important. And for a lot of them, that lack of feeling loved is what kind of got them where they were in the first place. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, I personally have, like, you know, what I can speak to that is that it is the isolation, like the lack of community um, just perpetuates that cycle of, of addiction. You know, it's like hiding out in that. So for someone like yourself to go in and like say like, Hey, like I care, like I'm part of this community. Like you're the, you're the liaison, you know, you're the bridge, like your program is called. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. What are some of the self-care practices that work for you or maybe something that you like help teach the ladies? The journaling piece is, is big and it's really funny. I feel um, kind of like a hypocrite when I start talking about journaling because I will think about things all day long and rarely take the time to take the paper and pencil and write it down. I process and thought, I think things out and I don't document and I should. I'm trying really hard to get better at that. Um, but journaling for sure. And again, for me, it's honoring. Just being honest with yourself and honest with other people around you. As painful as it might be sometimes, um, it's even more painful to live a dishonest life. It, 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 it catches up to you in, in one way or another. Um, yeah, so looking out for yourself, honoring your feelings, uh, Taking some time away when you need to take some time away, some quiet time, to just sit and listen to music or sit and listen to nothing and just be still and, and tap back into yourself. Um, yeah, self-care. That, that, that's what I'm, I'm working on that, too. That's something I think I've been lacking in for a while, taking care of myself, really. I take care of other people very well. One thing I've learned is that I, um, I keep promises to other people way before I keep them to myself. And I'm working to change that. So, yeah. One of my mentors told me that, you know, there's two sides of the coin. You know, there's giving and receiving. And that for those of us who are more inclined to be the givers, that, you know, there's somebody else over there who is also a giver and they want to give to you and you... Um, you kind of, we're messing up the flow if we don't allow ourselves yeah. to receive, like, even if it's just from you to you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, cause I never thought of like a way in which that not, not allowing to receive could be selfish. And I was right. like, oh, like yeah, that, that does make sense. There's always contrast. 
Yeah, that, that really does make sense. How do you practice staying in your gratitude? Uh, I just, I have to make myself say, you know, um, I, I, especially teachers, we can get caught up in the complaint zone. This is wrong. That's wrong. It's, you know, it's too hot. I'm in this building. There's no air conditioning. It's 92 degrees today. School's almost over. The kids are off the chain. They're, they're loud. They're talking. They won't sit still. Nobody wants to do any work. You know, they're running. You know, it's like they're bouncing off the walls. And then I just have to say, but I'm so grateful to have a job. I'm so grateful to, you know, even if it's hot in the classroom, I'm grateful to be able to get into a car that's air conditioned and sit and cool off. I'm grateful to be able to, you know, for the summer vacation that's on the way. You just have to, there are the, all those things that are going to be the negatives, but you got to kind of balance them with some kind of positive. And a lot of times that does turn out to be gratitude. So you just you have to make yourself say, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And I think the more you, you force yourself to do it in negative situations, the easier it becomes to do it all the time. It's, it's like the spiritual equivalent of eating your vegetables. Yeah. It's, it, oh, my gosh. That was awesome. That was awesome. It's easy to say thank you and be grateful when things are going well. I mean, you, there's no problem with that. It's so, it, it's so easy to do that. The challenge comes in when it's not going as smoothly as you want it to go. So just to still find something to say thank you for. There's always something to say thank you for. I definitely learned that the hard way coming from a history of depression. You know, it really was like a force yourself to do this. You know, my depressive thoughts were like, excuse me, I was in the middle of a very compelling complaint rant. <laughs> How dare you interrupt me? Yeah. <laughs> I had 90 more things to say. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. So now, like, now that you have one of these practices and you have so many ways in which, like, you're involved in your community and your school and you're singing, what does joy feel like in your body now? It feels light. It's the absence of heavy, weighted thoughts and emotions. It just feels like a a big, deep breath. Like, ah... That's, you know, it's not, you know, jumping up and down. It doesn't have to be all that. It's just the feeling of being happy and being aware and present enough to know that you're happy in that moment. That's what I say. Mm -hmm.